Hey guys, what's up? Welcome back to the Sully Sports Pod. Today we're going to be talking about the Week 18 NFL main slate. How are we doing, Jared? Doing good, man. Had a week away. You were a little sick. Yeah, you know, but... I, hit, I hit the COVID protocols, but I'm feeling good yeah. now. I'm back. I'm ready to go. You, you were uh, listed as questionable earlier in the week. Cleared yeah. protocol. You're back. Pod's back. I'm ready, Let's go. though. Let's go. Let's jump in. Uh, Green Bay versus Detroit. Rodgers, not playing. How do you feel about that one? Yeah, you know, Jordan Love's probably going to play at his price, but I'm probably going to avoid most of this. Devontae's just too expensive because he's not going to get the same work without Rodgers there. And he, at his price, he's gonna really, you're going to need over 100 yards, probably 10 catches in the touchdown. I'll pass there. Uh, Amonra has been just balling out for the Lions. 10 targets at five straight and at least 23 fantasy, fantasy points in four of the last five. But he only projects for like 13 points this week. He's priced at 6,800. I'm probably going to pass there. This game just seems kind of gross to me all around. Swift came back last week and looked good on paper, but six touches and this being a meaningless, meaningless game, I don't think they're going to run him out there and risk injury. So I really don't think I'm going to be playing a lot of anyone in this game. I'll pass. I think there's better spots. No, thanks. Yeah, it's just it's just one of those games where it just doesn't look like a lot of spots where you where I'd want to play. Yeah, it's better off if Detroit loses for them in the draft seating. So there's really no kind of reason they should be pushing. So I'll pass. Next game, AFC South matchup, Colts-Jags. This one I don't think is going to be close. You know, I got to see the Jags in person this season, and they are terrible. They are just uh, not even – I wouldn't even say JV-level football team. This is an eighth-grade football team walking out there. Jonathan Taylor, 15-point favorites. And it's a Colts, a game the Colts need to win. Yeah, this is it's a joke to me. JT 123 total yard prop, implied probability of 36% for at least two touchdowns. He's projected for 26 points. I really haven't been over the field on JT a lot this year, but this seems like the best spot all season for him. I think he smashes. It's I think the ownership's a little lower than it should be. Also, I think he's coming in at projected for around 21%. I think it should be higher. I think he's going to absolutely smash. I think people are going to go to cup a little bit more at 9,700 and I'm not really feeling it. I'm all over JT. Give me that. I think when like, the tournament like, is, yeah, what you said? Yeah. I, I was just going to say, I feel like JT is kind of a, a safe play. I mean, he's just going to get the touches and they're going to be up by a lot in the second half. He's like, I mean, minus, maybe, like, I mean, maybe there's a situation where JT you know, they don't want JD to get injured or something, so they have Hines running. But I really don't see any way for the cold or the Jags to stop him. So, yeah, no, he has like a, he's like minus 300 to score. It's his rushing yards props over 100. I we haven't seen a better spot all year, and I've passed on him a lot, but I don't think this is a spot to fade JT. Even Wentz looks really good to me in tournaments 29 point team total, they're gonna score. And even if, if JT scores twice, they still got to score probably through the air in the other scenarios. Projects for 18. It's only 5,800. I really like him. And Pittman's had some monster games earlier in the season. He really has cooled off a little bit since. But the targets are still the same. And this is one of the best spots to play him against the Jags. The prices drop. Ownerships drop. I love it. I, I love the Wentz-Pittman-JT stack. I think it's a great thing. I don't think you got to run it back with any Jags. I really am not planning to play anyone on the Jags at, at this moment. They have like a 15-point team total, maybe 14. It's just maybe Dere Ogbunbawale, but no. I, 
no thanks. I'll pass on them. Yeah, you, you were a you were a big Jags guy, Jags stack guy, middle of the year. Just not, I not kept doing it every week. I kept taking Jags spread every week because I was like too many points. There's no like too many points. An NFL team shouldn't be 15 point underdogs every week. And I don't yeah, think no. they hit for me once. It was just pathetic. JV football team. Yeah. Speaking of football teams, the <laughs> football team versus the Giants. Oh, I really hope they keep the name football team when they announce it soon. There's such a great high quality name, you know? Oh, stop that. <sighs> stop that. Stop that. I love Antonio Gibson this week, though. He may be my favorite running back of the week. He's coming in for like 16% ownership. He projects for 18 points, 5,900. He was a workhorse before getting hurt for the a couple weeks stretch. And now is pretty big favorites against the Giants who are bottom five against the run fantasy wise. I love it. Fire up Gibson. I think it, if we see 20 carries, four or five targets out of him, this price, I think he smashes and just goes nuts. We saw Montgomery beat up on them last week. They're, they're helpless at this point. I even like John Bates. Probably never heard of him. Just your basic no. tight end. He, he only projects for eight points. So I think he's a good punt option in tournaments, but he's not a priority. He'll probably get four to five targets. If he finds his way into a couple lineups, I won't complain with it. He's fine. Seals Jones is out. Nothing nothing crazy, but on the Giants, I'll pass. Not even Saquon looks like he's going to crack my player pool. pool. They're all pretty terrible. Low team total. They're not going to be able to move the ball up. No thanks. No reason to go there. I actually have heard about Bates before. I see him on TikTok all the time. He actually scored twice last week or two weeks ago against uh, Dallas in that game where they lost by 200, I think they lost by something like that. Oh God. <laughs> I kept betting the under in that game. I was like, come on, oh, it's yeah. going to, it's going to hit. It's, I doubled down. <laughs> I was about to triple down. Still no. went for whatever it was like 70 total points. Something nuts. Oh. Bears versus Vikings at Minnesota dome scoring. It's a big thing. Yeah, we get, How do you feel? We get Cousins back this week. So that, that's how it helps after whatever whatever freaking Sean Mannion put out there last week. That was in a primetime game. Uh, oh, no. So right now, it looks like I'm going to fade Montgomery, even though he's balled the last couple weeks and I've smashed him. He, he doesn't project as well as he did those last couple. He's 6,800. The price has jumped up a little. 16% ownership right around what we think he comes in at now. And they got a low team total. It's just under 20 points. I have a tough time believing they move the ball that well and they'll be able to probably be trailing the whole way. Yeah, he gets some work in the passing game, but if a lot of people are going there at that price, I'm going to pass. There's a lot of cheaper running backs I like. Surprisingly, I actually like the Bears passing game more. Komet, Mooney, and Robinson are all just extremely like low-owned, and it's a game they're all going to be trailing. They're all so cheap that I'll take a couple stabs and I'm some run back to my uh, Minnesota um, exposure. Nothing – no one I really want to go crazy on, but you know, Mooney's been a great guy, deep ball threat all year, and his targets there. Allen Robinson's only 4K. I think it's worth some shots. And then moving to the Viking side, we have Dalvin and Jay Jettas, my boy, and they both project for over 20 points. And you know, I, I'm a big Jefferson guy, so I, I want to go there this week. I hopefully it fits with what I'm trying to do. But Jefferson this year at home has only gone on one game under 19 points, and they're both pretty similar owned, but the thing that probably is going to lead me to Jefferson over Dalvin is Dalvin against the Bears in the last three really has been inefficient. He's, they've pounded him. He had 30-something carries in one of the games, but he still is not – he's not – he's like barely – he's like right around four yards a carry. So I'm not a huge fan of that. And 
the Bears have struggled mightily against the deep ball all year, and now you get maybe one of the best deep ball receivers in the league in Jay Jettas. I, I see him gritting all over this team, just stomping oh on their face. Yeah, you know, oh, fire no. it up. I love it. It's So, I mean, obviously you have some bias coming in. But Dalvin, he's projected for over 20 points, right? Yeah. But his his rushing yards prop is only at 84 and a half. I feel like that's a little low if he, for him to reach 20 points. He would have to have a touchdown in a big game receiving too. Um, yeah. So I think if I was going to pick between the two, I would also go with Jay Jettas. My problem with Dalvin is he's 7,800. And if I'm paying that much, I'm probably just going to pay up and spend the extra – 1500 to get to JT and I even like Chubb more than Dalvin this week paying up for a hundred more at almost no ownership mm-hmm. so we'll get to that in a little bit but yeah I'm, I'm probably gonna be pretty under the field on Dalvin he doesn't really look too great to me this week and so you talked a little bit about the Bears receiving you know Komet mm-hmm. Mooney Robinson are those guys you'd play mostly one-offs of you know every once in a while fit them in no, they'd probably end up in my lineups with either Dalvin or uh, Jefferson, just as hoping this game shoots out a little bit. Not mm-hmm. like anything crazy, but because I don't really think the Bears guys get there on their own. Like maybe Robinson, because he's so cheap, he's only 4K. But even then, I'd prefer it as correlation with one of the Vikings players and hope that they're trailing the whole game. Like Mooney at 5,900 is fine, but Robinson – is just so cheap and he's been so terrible that yeah it's probably not even worth it but I, i'll bet on his talent but nothing crazy there i'll have a couple of each of them but no, no priorities for the bears yeah it makes sense titans versus texans what your do you think you're gonna deontay, do here your boy deontay foreman's looking pretty good let's go let's go last week and he, he did pretty well with them and now they're playing the Texans, 10-point favorites. And they, they're right now they're the one seed, which is surprising to me, the Titans. But mm-hmm. they, they can wrap it up here. And is there a better spot to just pound the ball against the Texans? No, there, there isn't. So I'll, I'll go out with Foreman this week. If he gets 25 carries, I wouldn't be surprised if we see him at the 100-yard bonus and score. And he's pretty damn cheap for that kind of usage. So I'm all over it. I think he finds the end zone. He's 5,700. I don't think he's going to be that popular. So I like it there. Agent Brown's always in play, but he's not going to be a priority for me this week. I think they're going to lead the game the whole way. And if they don't throw the ball that much, if he's not seeing 10 to 12 targets, even if he breaks off one long play, he's probably not going to find his way into a winning lineup. So I'll pass there. On Houston, only two guys even in consideration are Cooks and Burkhead. Probably won't even consider Burkhead. 10-point dogs. So I, I think it's a little thin. But Cooks is always doesn't seem bad. Doesn't project that well. But if you go with a mini stack of like Foreman Cooks for that game, I think that looks pretty good for tournament tournaments being low owned. And if they're down by double digits, they're going to throw the ball the entire game probably. And he's the only competent receiver there. So I think Cooks is a spot will be a little over the field in tournaments. Nothing crazy though. I know what you're going to say after I say this. You're going to say, "Oh, come on, whatever. You're just a big Foreman Foreman rider, whatever." <laughs> but I'm just saying. Foreman kind of reminds me of Derrick Henry. He's a big back. He's fast. He's physical. It's like you're an I, idiot. he can take. You know that he, he you're can, an idiot. He can. I I knew you were gonna say that. I knew you were gonna say that. But you can't say you watch him. That's a big man. That's a big man. 
Foreman doesn't have a single he, game over 20 fantasy points this year. And have you seen what Derrick Henry has done to literally any human he's run against? I'm not saying they're the same. I'm not saying they're the same guy, but I'm just saying it's like I see similarities. They're both big guys. They're big physical runners. I can see Foreman easily having another 20 plus carry game. Oh, yeah, I think the ball. he will too. I, what I think though is if you're playing DraftKings this week, the best thing to do, send a head to head invite to Jared. That's the best money out there is. You don't even need a listen of plays. Just literally put anyone in. Easy money. Just send it to me. I'm, I'm ready for the smoke. I'm undefeated <laughs> in head-to-heads. I haven't uh, lost. I have not lost a head-to-head. Uh, send it to me. Small sample size. Fair enough. But I'm just <laughs> saying I like Foreman a lot. In I every do way. too this week. Let's go. <laughs> I like him every week. I like him every week. Steelers versus Ravens. It should shape up to be a pretty good game. Good football game. Maybe not a good fantasy game. How are you feeling? Did you see Big Ben last week? That was the worst I, I, performance I have ever seen on a quarterback. He was passing bedtime. 46 attempts. He got, he got the job done, though. He had 46 attempts and threw for 123 yards. I, that, I may be the worst, that may be the worst <laughs> yards per attempt I've ever seen in my life. We I have a league quarterback good... at like seven or eight. He's at like I, three in that game. Less than think, three yards per attempt. I, I still think this is going to be a pretty good game. Well, Lamar got ruled out today, so we get Huntley again. And Woo-hoo. my issue with Huntley is we have a really small sample size. Two games on him. One game smashed and broke the slate. And the other, he was garbage. So I don't really know what to make of this situation. The rushing attempts were down last week relative to his other start. If he's super chalky, I'm going to fade him just because of that logic. But if he's low-owned, which I don't think he will, I think he'll be pretty chalky. So – and Mark Andrews is really expensive now. And on a slate where there's better high-priced options, probably not going to go there. But Marquise Brown getting peppered with targets, at least seven targets in six straight, and he's cheap. He's under 6K. He hasn't gotten there. But I think he breaks off a deep ball maybe here, and I like that a lot. The Steelers side is more interesting. Deontay's out, so it gives bumps to McLeod, Claypool, and Fryermuth against a Ravens secondary that just can't stop anything. I'm like you could just run a five yard in route and you're probably breaking it for 80 yards. We got nine the best team of the year. And they probably could, honestly. Hit me on the little five <laughs> yard in route, five, six <laughs> tight end. Yeah, you know. Oh, no. Smash value. The issue, though, here is Ben, we talked about, he's terrible. So I don't even know if he can complete the ball to them. The, the biggest beneficiary I think of no Deontay would probably be McLeod. He's going to get those intermediate short routes that Deontay lives on. And at, he's 3,700, I think. I actually like him a lot of tournaments because I think he, we could see him go maybe six catches, seven yards, and if he scores, then that's awesome. But I think he's worth taking some looks. But I don't think anyone here is going to be crazy priority for me. I probably have most ownership going to Marquise in tournaments, but that's about it. So, so let's say in a hypothetical situation, you're waking up on Sunday morning, drinking your coffee. You're looking at some, uh, some, some projections some ownership projections. You see Huntley's at like stupid low, you know, 5% on 6% on something. And you think you might go with a, a Raven stack there. I mean, Huntley was a low salary. Would it be worth paying up for Andrews? This is this obviously if, if stacks, Huntley is a low, low ownership, but. In stacks, I, I definitely will consider uh, Andrews, but even then I'll probably just try to get different because with Huntley, I'm not going to double stack him. 
we've seen that it's a little too thin with where his production is going to go and a lot of it coming on the ground. He is 5,700, which is still extremely cheap. He just, the, his game against Green Bay where he smashed, he had 13 rushing attempts and scored twice. Last week, he only had six carries, didn't even get into the end zone through the air or the ground. So I'm a little worried about that. And I don't know. I'm not, he's, he's not going to be a priority for me. But I do like Marquise Brown and those skinny stacks with him. If, if, I will have some Huntley. I'm not going to have zero. But a skinny stack of him and Marquise Brown is just so cheap that I do think that's going to be – will project really well. I just – it seems a little thin for me on this slate with so many good elite quarterbacks that I think we get a ceiling game out of one of them that I probably won't want to go Huntley. That, that makes sense. Um, you know, it's, it's so – I'm not moving on from this yet. Would you just say, though, strategically paying down a quarterback, is that worth paying up at tight end with Andrews? The thing is, if I'm paying down at quarterback, it's so I could jam in elite players. And right. at Andrews' price, I just don't think it's that worth it. Yeah, he's he's gone off, and he went off in the Green Bay game with Huntley, but – if you if I'm paying that much down at quarterback, I, it's for me so I can fit in guys like Cup, can fit in JT, can fit in Devontae. Not this week, Devontae, but things like that. And right, right. I I even like at his price, you can even go naked Huntley out there with no correlation, just because he can provide crazy rushing value. But I think he's gonna be way over owned this week relative to his chance of being the best quarterback in tournaments. So it's not not really feeling it when we have so many elite quarterbacks on the slate. Right. Move on to the other AFC North matchup, Bengals versus Browns. How are you feeling? Yeah, the other side of this Steelers game from last week with another terrible quarterback that doesn't deserve a starting job anymore. We got Baker. He's out this week, though, luckily. So maybe we get to see a guy that completes some passes. So I And we got the Bengals resting a lot of their players with Mixon and Burrow. So I, I and the, we get the Browns now as favorites, six-point favorites. I love Chubb. He was terrible last week, did absolutely nothing. But now you get him as a home favorite in a, a game look like it's going to be a snow game, I think. And we could see him get 20 carries. He's going to be almost not unowned. And we know how talented he is. I think Chubb is great this week in tournaments. He, he may be my favorite tournament player of the week. You got to smash him in because you, if the Bengals pull their starters and we still get Chubb running out there, he could go for 150 in a touchdown. Wouldn't surprise me. Bengals side. The only guy I'm considering is Samaj P. Ryan because no mix-in. And if he gets 20 carries, he probably could fall into the end zone. But even then, he looks a little thin. And if we had the receivers only playing half the game, it's just not really a spot I want to go to. So the only guy that I'm really considering this week in tournaments from this game is Chubb. No one really else. Yeah. I feel like this is going to be a theme this week when we're talking through these games is – oh, this guy's going to be sitting out. This guy's going to be sitting out. So we get kind of these, like, Bengals versus Browns. Do you think this would be a pretty good game to play? But it's just going to be kind of gross because of, you know, Burrow being out, stuff like that. That's the biggest thing to pay attention to is reports this week coming out from some of these beat reporters on what, like, because we got to make some inferences and just kind of try to take guesses on who we think plays the whole game and who has motivation to play team-wise. So, because that makes a huge difference. If you're getting a guy play the whole game versus a guy playing three quarters, and if, especially if you get a guy like low owned because people think that, oh, he's not going to play, but there's no reports of that. That's a key piece of week 18, final week of the year. That's one of the biggest edges you can find is things like that. And it's, it's tough 
you're going to probably play some guys that don't even get targets in the fourth quarter, but you know, you got to prepare to lose money and we're going to win money. So we don't really prepare for that, but <laughs> it, it's a tough Panthers versus Panthers versus Bucks. We're going to have some guys leaving the game mid game this week. What do you think? Brady takes his shirt off and runs out. If Brady does, I hope it's his pants. You know, that's something I want to see. Oh God. <laughs> Brady running, running across midfield. No pants on. Come on, give it to me. Yeah, AB <laughs> almost lost our league because of that. I do this. Oh just, yeah, he needs to just be on a, a reality TV show of him locked in a room talking to himself. That'd give some good I, content. I had so many Brady, um, you know, like a Brady AB Gronk stack last week, and his AB just ruined it. It was so had, annoying. AB was my highest owned receiver on the slate, second highest owned player, projected awesome, and just I think uh, he had more yards running across the end, end zone without a shirt on than he did in the game. <laughs> yards. Uh, I love DJ just, Moore this week, though. I think he's maybe he's my favorite tournament receiver. At least seven targets every game this year. I don't even know who's playing quarterback now. Darnold, Cam Newton. They're just like mixing in and out of the game, but it's, it's, it's probably gonna be QB the by way. committee. Yeah, you know the I, the only. <laughs> That's maybe the worst committee there is. So <laughs> he may be one of my highest owned receivers this week. They're going to be trailing the whole game. He's getting shots each week. He's just not converting on them right now. And people forget at the beginning of the season, DJ Moore was dominating. He looked like a different receiver with Darnold those first couple of weeks. And I'm pretty sure he was one of the highest priced receivers on DraftKings. Looking back at it now, week four, 7,500. Week Six seventy three hundred. He was above seven k for four games, and now he's down to fifty eight hundred with similar type of workload. He projects awesome. The ownership isn't really that crazy. I love him. The Tampa side worries me a little. They've clinched the division, so does Brady play the whole game? I guess if they want to secure the five seed, but he's an interesting thing because if Brady is one percent owned in a game against as big favorites against the Panthers, who have been struggling a couple of weeks. He's awesome in tournaments then. If no one's going there because, like, oh, he's probably not going to play. But if they really want to get that five seed, then to them maybe it's worth it to run him out the whole game and play. So in that case, Evans and Gronk are going to be awesome plays in tournaments because they're going to be low-owned. I prefer Gronk because how weak tight end is, that even if he doesn't play the fourth quarter, he could probably get there. Otherwise, like with Evans – he got to play the whole game and just smash because you're giving up so much opportunity cost at wide receiver. So the buck side is going to be something I'm taking, keeping a close eye on all the way up until like 12 o'clock on Sunday and seeing what the ownership is on that side, because if they're any sort of chalk or high owned, I'm fading all of it and just hoping that they don't get in that much run. But if they're low owned, I'm going to attack it and just hope that narrative works out and they play the whole game and smash because you're going to get a huge edge if that's the case. Yeah, right, right. It's kind of interesting that, uh, you know, the how Gronk can probably reach the, uh, the the score, I guess, to pay off his salary in, you know, just three quarters. But I guess all he really needs is a touchdown and a couple, he couple needs, of big catches, he, right? He probably needs, at tight end, he probably needs five for 60 and a touchdown. And that, that yeah. probably wouldn't – it. he probably needs a little bit more than that. But even if he gets 18 and every other tight end fails, which we've seen quite, happen quite a bit this year – Kyle Pitts is tight end five on the year in fantasy and he's had two games that you remember that he really dominated and one was against the Jets in London his one game on US soil where he really did anything so 
tight ends a wasteland. So anytime you can get a tight end with upside the Gronk, I like it. Patriots versus Dolphins. I'm looking at your notes right now. There is not a lot written <laughs> down. How do you feel? I I don't even think I'm gonna play anyone from this game. Like realistically, it just doesn't look good on paper. No one projects well. The best projected player, like value wise, is Jacoby Myers, and he projects for like 13 points with so many other better options on the slate. It's it's a game where both teams have to play for something, but no one projects well at all. So I'm I think I'm just gonna board this game altogether and not play any of it. Just skip it. I feel like we do that a lot with Patriots games. They're always kind of interesting. It's always like the only guys usually in play are Hunter Henry, Myers, Damian Harris, and a couple of weeks, Mac Jones. But like mm-hmm. in a game where those are usually against bad teams and they have massive team totals, like we saw last week where a couple guys smashed. Just this week, good defense on the road. I'm, I'm just going to pass on it. Right. Saints versus Falcons. Taysom Hill getting the start. My guy. I, I love, love Taysom, Taysom Hill this week. I love him this week. Let's go. He projects for 20 awesome. points at 6% ownership. But the key with Taysom is I'm only playing him in single stacks because his most of his upside is going to come rushing the ball. And he pro- if he's going to win a tournament, he probably completes a couple of deep passes. But he do- he's not a, like as much as a pocket passer to support two guys in t- like stacks. So take him- Taysom's skinny stack with Marquez Callaway. I love it in tournaments. Both of them are going to be sub 6% owned. And he, Callaway had 10 targets last week. He had like four drops, but I don't care. If he gets that same usage again, he, and he's a guy that can fly and against a Falcons secondary that can't really do anything. I don't even know if the corners know that people are trying to run past them at this point. So I, I love that stack. Kamara, I think it's, he's priced up a little too much at this point. He finally had a good game last week, but if I'm paying up for a running back and paying up for JT and I even prefer Chubb a little cheaper. So I love the Taysom stack. I think it looks great with Callaway. And I think you can run it back with Pitts. He's 5,700. We just talked about how much of a wasteland tight end is. And his ceiling is massive for that price as a tight end. He has, really doesn't have a floor. But if we're trying to win the tournament, we don't care about floors. We only care about the ceiling. So love the Hill Callaway stack run back with Pitts. That, that looks really good to me in tournaments because – Pitts just is so fast. He needs one, two catches that he breaks, and you could see him in a winning tournament lineup. That's right. That's right. I really don't have much to add, so we'll just keep moving. Jets versus Bills, big spread here. Yeah, this is this is a beatdown just written all over it. Jets going into Buffalo. The only guy in the Jets that I would consider is Michael Carter, but he, if, he can, if he clears concussion protocol, had a ton of him last week. He looked great in the first quarter and then got his head bashed in. But even then, probably won't be really interested in him. Too big of underdogs, and he hasn't been getting as much pass game work as I would like. So not really there, but the Bills look awesome. I, Vegas thinks they're going to stomp the Jets. I think everyone in the world thinks they're going to stomp the Jets. Applied team total of 20 and a half. They're a priority to me this week. Devin Singletary's taken over the backfield this year with Zach Moss being a healthy scratch in quite a few weeks. And is there a better spot at home than versus the Jets? No. There's like it's like at home versus the Jets versus the Jags and versus the Texans, and we have three running backs in great spots with, against those teams this week. Singletary fit, checks all the boxes. Twenty three carries last week. He continues to get that. I love it. And then we haven't seen ceiling game from Diggs in a while. He only has one this year where he scored thirty. That was against the Jets, and now he gets them again. And it's a game Buffalo has to win to to 
win the division. So if we're talking about teams with motivation that we think run guys out there the whole game, Buffalo's on the short list. And that makes them super appealing to me this week. I think they go, they put a statement on the Jets and I think they put up 30 points and we see one of these guys in Buffalo in the tournament winning lineup, Josh Allen. You, we, there's not much to talk about with him. He, he's one of the highest ceilings every week and he's a monster. So I'm definitely going to have some shares of him. Do you think you think you're going to run out many bill stacks or you think maybe you'd play Singletary with a, you know, just a one off? I I like the I like the Bills onslaught stack this week with a I'm I'm going to prioritize Diggs pretty heavily in them and go Allen Diggs and then one of Singletary, Beasley, Knox, Sanders because we've seen games where the Bills turn it on and score 35 and Allen has like four or five total touchdowns and I think this is one of those weeks. All right, let's keep on moving. 49ers versus Rams. How you doing? How you feeling? Yeah, your boy Devo, I think, is too expensive for the, me this week. I'm probably going to have zero. He's 8,500. I, I, I think you're making a big mistake. When have you faded Debo and it pay off? This past week, actually. I had 0%, and he did nothing. Remember, we went head-to-head. He got a long head. touchdown. He got a long touchdown Remember this week. We went head-to-head. And we went head to head. I had to play Debo captain. You had to play Kittle captain. I smoked you. I'm yeah, doing the Kittle, I mean, Kittle was just doing nothing out there. He was just he was out there playing cardio games. You, you. I'm just saying though, it's never worked out for you when you faded Debo. The problem with Debo is last week he was doing nothing all game. He catches one long touchdown. And he still only has 17 points, and he was 8,500. So that's useless. You're dead at that right. point. He projects for like 15 this week. He has more. He had more rushing attempts last week than targets. I'm not paying 8,500 for a receiver with no receiving for upside right now. So I, yeah, I love Kittle. With, let's hear about it. Let's hear it. your guy. That's your guy. Oh no, Jay Jennings is my boy. I like oh, Kittle. God. He. We saw Kittle go on that absolute monster stretch where he just was dominating teams. And then now all of a sudden he has five targets over the last two games combined. Prices dropped to 6,700 when he was above 7K. We know his ceiling. Projects for 6% ownership. And it's a game the Niners have to win. I think Jimmy G finds Kittle early and often, and I think he smashes. I love it at the ownership. And I love targeting tight ends with high ceilings when they're low owned. Because of how weak tight end is, if you get that ceiling game out of them, it's so hard for other teams to make up those points in tournaments. So I'm going to definitely go to him cup at 9,700. Now that seems a little bit too high for me. It's it's just, I think we, there's too many guys with ceilings sub eight K at receiver that cup has to put up 30 at that price. If he doesn't put up 30, you're probably dead with, if you don't play cup, there's a lot of ways you can get different in tournaments this week. I don't think he's going to be that crazy high-owned. I'll have some shares just because of how dominant he's been, but 9,700 is steep. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pivot and go Michelle. 6K, projects for 17 points, 13% ownership, over 85% of the snaps. He's basically getting 20 carries and four targets each week, and I'm going to jam him in. This looks like an awesome spot. They're sizable favorites at home. I love that for running backs. I, I don't get why he isn't 25% owned right now. I think he's an awesome player this week. All right. It's kind of, it's kind of interesting, you know, 
there is a limit. You know, you always say Cup is inevitable. He's going to get, you know, 20-plus points, right, every week. 9,700, you say, I'm done with Cup. I, yeah. Well, not you're done with Cup, but you won't be as high He's on not going to be a priority. Yeah. yeah the la- right. Like, the last two weeks, he's put up 21 points, and he hasn't shown up in a winning lineup. Right. Yeah. He needs to get 30. And that's – for as good as he's been – which, which is five games above 30 points, which is nuts. It's still a pretty mm-hmm. relatively low chance he gets that. So yeah. he, he is going to be pretty low owned, it looks like. But if the ownership continues to drop, that's when I'll jam him in just because we know his yeah. feeling. But if he's somewhat yeah. sort of chalk, it's just an easy spot to get away from based on the chances yeah. of it hitting. Yeah, totally. Now, the other NFC West matchup, Seahawks versus Cardinals. Let's hear it. I think this is an awesome uh, place to attack recency bias. We saw the Seahawks just go out and smash Detroit last week. And people were like, oh, Russell Wilson's back. All oh, this offense is nasty. They were playing Detroit, guys. Like, that, this is just has let down written all over it. They're going on the road against a great defense, and they're pretty sizable underdogs. I think it's a great spot to get under the field and go elsewhere. But I love the Arizona side. The Seahawks' defense isn't great. They let up a solid amount of points to Detroit. We saw Amonra go for 30 fantasy points against them. I think Ertz is my favorite tight end of the week. 5,300, at least nine targets and three straight. And he's going into bad pass defense at home. I love him with pairing him with Kyler. I think it's a great spot. Kyler, early in the year, we saw smash. And he's kind of cooled down. Quietly, he's put up over 21 in the last two, which I didn't even realize. Gets bad pass defense at home. I love him. James Conner's back. And he's going to be under-owned in tournaments just because people kind of are like, oh, he's coming off an injury, blah, 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 blah. I don't care. He's projected for 18 points. They have a 27-point total. I wouldn't be surprised if he runs in two. We've seen him do it so many times this year. If he plays, I'm going to be pretty – I'm going to be over the field by a, little, a good amount because I don't think he's going to be high-owned at all. You think, you think Arizona might be one of your high-stone stacks this week? I think they will be. I think we have our top stacks up next, actually. Let's hear it. You know, let's skip it. Let's just hear the top stacks. So, right uh, at one, I got Buffalo. I think they come out and just pound the Jets in Allen. So, I'm going to go. I talked about it briefly early. Er, if I'm playing Allen, I'm going Diggs because I think we get the ceiling game on Diggs finally. We've been waiting for it all year. I love going Allen, Diggs, and then one of Manuel Sanders, Beasley, Devin Singletary, Dawson Knox, one of those guys because all of them are they're pretty cheap that if they put up 30 points, I wouldn't be surprised if we have two different guys score two touchdowns. Next favorite stack, just talked about him, Arizona. 27-point team total at home against a bad secondary. They can play my favorite tight end of the week in it, and they're going to be they're playing against a team that's probably going to be too chalky. Seems like a great spot to pivot for me. And then an interesting stack, I'm going to – the Rams are going to be high-owned. They always are. They've been one of the best teams all year. But an interesting way I'm going about it this week is I'm going to prioritize – stacks of Stafford without Cup and go like Stafford, Michelle, Odell, or Van. A couple work his way into some of my Stafford's attacks, but I'm probably going to try to get different tournaments going Stafford, Michelle, and Odell and hope Michelle catches a touchdown, Odell catches a deep ball. I think that's a good way to get different. Yeah, that makes sense. It'd be, it's kind of an interesting way to think about it is, um, you know, instead of going like a Stafford Cup and then getting different elsewhere, you're going different with the whole stack. Yeah, I think it's a good spot to attack. This week is 
Last week of the year is always weird. There's a chance that we all just get destroyed by some bench player we never heard of that just comes <laughs> in and gets 20 carries. So it's one of those weird weeks, but I'm here for it. Weird week. I have a lot of picks today. Let's hear them. Force, uh, we're going for the Wendy's four for four meal. Oh, I have that, that four spread. So sick. <laughs> I have four spread picks, four player props. You start it off. Detroit plus three and a half. I'm gonna be honest. Not a, I'm not. I'm not a big love fan. I don't think he's good. <laughs> so, I'm just saying, if Rodgers is not playing a snap in this game, Detroit in Amonra, it's gonna be nuts. They're just gonna blow him out. Not blow him out. It'll be a good game. But what I'm saying is, I like that that pick. Detroit plus three and a half. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not gonna side with you on this one. I just. No matter what, whoever you put back there at quarterback, the talent on Green Bay is so much better than Detroit. And Devontae's said he's playing the whole game. Looks like Dylan and Jones are going to play. I I don't see a way where – Detroit's played hard all year, but no. They're, this is a terrible team. And they're going to – they're Devont- trying if – they, if they win, they can't get the one, seat, the one pick. But if they lose – I think they need the Jags to win, which is probably you got a better chance of walking from here to the moon. But you know, Devonte Adams here for is Devonte Adams is worthless with Love as his quarterback. You're worthless. You, he the ball's not. It's gonna be thrown like ducks at him. I think I could play quarterback better than him. I, I think Love Love was a first round pick, and he's just never gotten a chance to show it. He he's a freak athlete. I just don't think he's good. I just don't think he's good. I think you're an idiot. Where do you go to school? Utah State. Yeah, it's not not a Power Five guy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a big Lance guy. I'm a big Lance guy, though. So oh, anyway, yeah. moving on. I'm not actually going to bet on this because I have a ton of bias. But Miami plus six. New England never really plays well down in Miami end of the year. We're really down in Miami ever, but Miami plus six, I think they can make this a close game. They could even win it. Anytime we've seen the Pats needing to win a game in Miami, it's just we know what's going to happen. They go down there and play sluggish, but it's Max first trip. Maybe it's a different era. And the Miami game from earlier this season looks like it's going to haunt us in the playoff race. So, yeah, I, I, I would side with you. Six and a half is too much. Miami's a really good team. They play good defense. They, I, I'm not huge on the pass this week. Uh, yeah, I don't have much to say, I, which it's just too much bias. I'm not going to bet on it either, but I do think that's a good spot to attack. I think San Francisco gets too much hate. Not too much hate. I, it's just they're a much better team than I think people think they are. San Francisco plus four and a half. Upsetting the overrated Rams. Oh. I don't care. I don't care. I think they can even win this game. Uh, it's going like to be the Rams a lot because they one of the difference between them and the Niners. They have a competent what? quarterback. Jimmy G is competent. I would say competent you can't say he's the not ball in the dirt. I, you can't say he's not a competent quarterback. If the Niners, I, you think of if the Niners upgraded competent quarterbacks, you think of Baker Mayfield. Jimmy G is ben. not much better. Jimmy G can hit his passes, man. He's not a bad quarterback. Yeah, because he's running five yard out routes and just slants <sighs> all day. 
if if the Niners had a better quarterback, they'd be the best in the league. I'm just saying Jimmy G's not that bad. And he's gonna make this a good game. I'm taking Jimmy the Rams, G's played right? in a, I'm just saying, how many Super Bowls has Jimmy G played in versus how many Super Bowls has Matt Stafford played in? Stafford was playing on the Lions every year except this year. His first year he goes to a new team like twelve and four right now. <laughs> <laughs> Jimmy G choked them that Super Bowl. <laughs> Do you remember Manny Sanders running wide open down the middle of the field and he couldn't hit him? I, I don't want to hear it. That was the stat that I brought, okay? That was the stat that I brought. <laughs> Jimmy G has a ring. Terrible stat. Jimmy G has a ring. <laughs> With the, the backup <laughs> ring scout. The backup ring scout. Yeah, oh. it does now. It does all now. Right, let's hear your next terrible pick. We haven't talked about this game at all. I think it's a Sunday night game, so that's why. <laughs> That'd be why. It's not on the main slate. LA Chargers minus three. I just don't like the Raiders, man. It's all bias right now. I think all five picks have been biased. Actually, no, no, three of my four have been biased picks. I, I actually I just, like. I just don't like the Raiders. I like the Raiders because the Chargers are getting sixty-two percent of the bets, and the Lions only moved half a point. And the Raiders are getting—they're getting no respect all year. Carr is quietly putting together his best season, besides the one where he snapped his leg. But we're gonna forget about that. Uh, Carr's been awesome. And the Chargers, they've had some letdown games. And I think this is a spot where uh, the Raiders win and get in the playoffs. But I, I, I think I told you this cra- the crazy stat that if the Jags win, both teams would get in with a tie. So it would be best case scenario if they just kneel, kneel the whole game. I, I really yeah. want that. I just want NBC to lose their minds as the game just kneels. <laughs> but no, I, I do think the Raiders actually get it done at home. I, I, I think they're a good team. I think I, I'm not saying they this, win, but I think they cover the number. I think we get to this part of the show every time, and you just choose violence. I choose being right. Have you ever you have you ever sided with me on these? A couple times, but not many. Like like Denver minus three or plus three or whatever. Hey, I, I've hit fifty eight percent of my spread picks this year, so. I'm going with what You've I You've been feel. saying that. You've been saying that for the past like three weeks now. It's because I've gone three you and two up, every week. Have you updated have you updated your spreadsheet after that? I have. I've gone three and two every week. Whatever, dude. Second half of the four for four. Player props. Uh, these two kind of go hand in hand. You could probably parlay it, honestly, but Wentz under two oh nine and a half passing yards and JT over one twelve. Rushing yards. I mean, yeah, we, we talked okay. about JT all morning, but like, I mean, he's just going to get fed in that second half of against the Jags, even in the first yeah. half against the Jags. The the thing is that number for Wentz is so low against a terrible team, but we saw it with the Pats last week. They scored fifty, and Max still barely. I don't even know if he hit his number because they just you don't need to throw the ball, and if they get up early, they're not going to risk that. So it probably is the smart play there. And the thing with JT is hopefully they're not up by 20 so early that he's not getting more carries because mm-hmm. 112 against the Jags, he could definitely smash that. He's been one of the, the mm-hmm. best running back all year. So I will side with you on those two. All right. Najee had a big week last week. He's having a big one this, this week. Over 71 and a half yards. The number feels a little low for Najee, but – 
I'm not a I, I probably would. I do think that's a solid pick just because how bad Baltimore is at giving up yards to literally every position. But they're still underdogs on the road against Huntley. And I, I think they're going to be forced to throw the ball a little bit more. I don't think they're going to be running it. I would take the over on Najee reception, but I don't like his rushing yards. So I'll pass. I think it's going to be the only way they can move the ball. You, you said Big Ben. No, if he's he's averaging like three yards per attempt like last week, all I got to do is throw the ball 70 times. They'll work their way down there, you know? Fine. But I know this next pick, you are so siding with me. Oh, I know. There's no way you can't. Justin Jefferson, Jay Jettas, over 96 and a half. He is insane at home. He's nuts this year. I'm I'm up right now gritting thinking about this. This is all I You're need. not grittying. I, I, I can see you right now. You're not grittying, <laughs> but maybe in your mind you are. <laughs> Over um, 96 and a half love yards. Jay Jettas. Oh, yeah. You know, that it's a massive number, and if it was anyone else, I would take the under, but he's my boy. He's at home. I love it. Give me Jay Jettas. That's the only reason Let's I would take that. I think a half of my picks have all been biased this week, but you know what? It's all gut feeling, so I, I, I don't really care. That's why you lose every week. Hey man, I've been I've been putting up putting up a big week in NBA. All right, and it's gonna just keep on moving to the NFL this weekend. Sure. You got anything else, Sully? That's it for me. You know, not it's a weird week. I'm excited to get into the showdown slates when the playoffs come, but that's all for me. Thanks guys for listening. We'll be back. Got some more coming. So.